0: on today's episode of locked on suns what is one skill that each key suns rotation player can develop or add or improve upon here in the upcoming season to take the suns and their game to the next level we'll break down seven guys let's go you are locked on suns your daily phoenix suns podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credential media member covering the Suns for the past six seasons, a writer at suns.com and the host of the Just Basketball Show wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for making Locked On Suns your first listen. Happy Labor Day. Welcome to September. Welcome to another week, the final week that we are only three days. So hit follow or subscribe. Be coming every day or get locked onto the Suns with this show every single day starting next week. You might as well just hit the follow, hit the subscribe button now. That way, it's right there in your feed when we launch the daily stuff again. We'll be back to season preview content. Today, we have basically a season preview show for you as well. Brandon Duenas is here, as he is every single Monday. So, we will be breaking down basically everybody that's a major part of the rotation, with all, you know, um, Love to Drew Eubanks, who I don't think needs to be on here. Uh, that's kind of the only guy we're not going to talk about today. One skill that they can add to their game that will take their game to the next level, that will take the team to the next level, that will make or break if this team gets where it wants to go. So that is what we have for you today. Today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA or enter the promo code locked on NBA at purchase for a free water bottle with any purchase. You don't want to take those Bird Dogs off once you get them. That is their promise. But let's dive into our little game today, Brandon. Um, DeAndreton I'll give you the floor to start us off here. What is the improvement or addition to DA's game that you think is most important this season?
1: So I went a little bit different here because I'm sure yours will probably be what I was thinking in the first place, which is more leaning towards like motor uh, engagement you know, defensive like prowess, all that kind of stuff. But I kind of went on the the other direction because I think if he can find his rhythm offensively and and get involved, um, that that's where he's going to, I think a lot of that translates on the other end, uh, for, with him. So I think for, for him, I think handle was my, was my choice for this, like just being able to make, I'm not talking about Deandre bringing it up the court, you know, running point DA, but, uh, in the half court setting, just using power dribbles, um, you know two three dribbles to get to his spot and, and get easy buckets like i think if he can do that his confidence will soar and just take it from there so uh with deandre like he, he's shown it in very small flashes every now and then that he can put it on the court uh he just chooses not to sometimes and it seems like he's in a rush so i think if he could just kind of let the game slow down a little bit for him and and make those moves with with a purpose then it's going to open up so much for the rest of the guys on the offense too like it's not just about DA in this case, like if if he can be, if he's a threat to dribble, then all of a sudden help defense has to be ready. Um, The guy guarding him can't really sag off and has to respect him a little bit more. So I think it just opens up uh, a lot of different options for this offense. So I think the trickle down effect of him being able to put on the deck is where I lean with this one.
0: I like it. I did think about passing, which would be somewhat along the same lines. Um, Again, something we've kind of seen him do, but it just you know, for whatever reason, wasn't incorporated to how he was going to be playing and and just really has been almost since college. But I did go a little bit in line with what you said originally, but not even motor or energy or any of that. Cause it's like, one, is that really a skill? It's like, you just, everybody can turn it on or turn it off. So I, I didn't go there. I, I think actual shot blocking is, is where I, I landed. Not rim protection, not like impeding a player's path to the basket, but genuinely smacking the ball in midair away from the hoop. Like I want him to get more blocks. as simple as that sounds because as we've gotten closer to the season, I have to admit, I'm I'm getting nervous about the defense. I, I was we're doing season previews on, the Just Basketball Show, and we're recording later this afternoon, and we're starting from the bottom of the standings, team by team, and I was watching, I watched two full Spurs games, which is uh, sicko behavior, but I wanted to catch up on that team, and obviously Keita Bates-Diop is on that team, we'll talk about him later, not convinced he's going to be a wing stopper, the more that I think about it, and so you're just talking about a lot of guys where it's going to rely on Aiton, not just, you know, going vertical and, Rotating the right way, although that obviously has to happen too. But I want him to, you know, he's not going to become Rudy Gobert or Ben Wallace overnight. But can he get, let's say, 50 more blocks over the course of the season than he had last year? Something like that, because I think he's going to need to. I think this team is going to allow penetration. I think this team is going to struggle one-on-one, especially in the regular season when Booker and Duran are not at their peak defensively, not expected to be at their peak defensively. It's going to fall on Aiton. He has the coach who has a track record of bringing that out of guys, but I think that has to happen. I don't think he can just sort of jump up in the air and make a player have a little bit of an off-balance shot or a little bit of a, you know, off the glass when they wanted to to go straight up or whatever. Like, it has to be a block. So I'll rant over, but that's, that's where I went with DA.
1: No, I like it. I think, and just from a momentum standpoint, there's a lot like dunks and blocks that can change the entire like course of a game sometimes. And it sounds dumb, but like, just if, if you've, you know, played in a game and you've seen like huge runs happen, usually a lot of the times you kind of trail it back and trace it back to either, Uh, rim rattling dunk or a block that was swatted in the stands and then you know guys start second guessing attacking the rim and it it really changes things so I think if if he can play more aggressive and seek out blocks and uh, you know talk a little crap after he he throws it in the stands like that that'd be awesome
0: yeah and I think one of the strengths of this team can be transition offense and that's always been a hallmark of Vogel is not only having great half-court defensive teams that take away the paint but that also then turn that smothering defense into scoring opportunities on the other side and you know not every team's going to be the same I'm not saying these guys have to play and look exactly like the 2012 Pacers did or whatever but I think that's going to be the expectation and it's not always enough to have like a narrowly missed floater you know it has to sometimes the way you do that is getting steals and blocks and turning the other team over and then having even easier you know transition scoring opportunities but uh, let's actually pivot. I was going to do Booker in this segment, but we spent time on Aiden. I don't want to cut ourselves short on Booker because I have a... It actually goes along with Aiden a bit, the Booker one that I have, but I want to spend some time on it. So let's instead actually just do... Um, let's do Bates the Up next because I brought him up already. And to me, what he needs to get better at is one-on-one wing defense like he needs to level up what he's able to do against a uh, Jason Tatum against a Andrew Wiggins even like against uh, LeBron like those types of players on a night in night out basis he was not actually asked to guard those guys as much as you might think because the Spurs switched a lot they played really small and Devin Vassell was their stopper when he was healthy he was the guy who, who drew those matchups so I think he can do it, but right now I think Bates Diop his his biggest defensive impact has been his switchability and his his ability to rotate and force turnovers and things like that. There aren't there isn't a lot of evidence because he's been on bad teams that he's going to just go defend Luca for 30 minutes a night. Uh, no one has that proof until they're on a good team and actually asked to do it. So I'm not even knocking him, but it's it's going to be really important if he can do that because otherwise you're talking about Durant or can a Kogi guard up a position all these other things that you probably don't want to have to do
1: yeah for sure and um I think mine's kind of aligned with yours a little bit like I and just alluding back to your original point of like he hasn't really had a chance to to be on a team and play meaningful minutes and in a role where he has like kind of a defined role where I think the Suns like right away he's he's going to have to be the dirty work and hustle play type guy. Like and we haven't really seen him completely in that role. So I think just buying into that, like that's, that's the main thing to me is just uh, becoming that, that dirty work guy that's going to go out and grab rebounds, um, you know, defend his tail off, cut, make smart plays. Mm-hmm. Like he's, there's going to be times, especially if he's with the, the starters where he's not going to get too involved offensively, but he has to be ready for kind of like Deandre, just being ready at all times um, and creating your own offense at times. So I think, Um, If if those two specifically can use a lot of that uh, energy that they don't expend offensively on the defensive end, I think that's where they can kind of make up for some of those, uh, you know, the lack of intensity that we might see in the regular season, at least on on that end. So, yeah, I think if he can just kind of embrace his inner Dennis Rodman and just kind of uh, buy into doing all the dirty work and just little things like that's that's the main key for him, I think, to to unlock this, this Suns team
0: yeah and and to echo, I guess that sounds uh, <laughs> funny echo myself. But to repeat something I've said before when they first got him and everything else is like, honestly, my main familiarity with Kata is he came through the draft when I was paying a lot of attention to the draft. So I watched him at Ohio State quite a bit, and this dude originated as a bucket getter. Like he was a, yep. you know, extended post elbow. You know, back to the basket, like, uh, you know, doing his best, like Dirk Nowitzki, Carmelo Anthony impression when he was in high school and college, and then has had to evolve his game because, one, that type of player doesn't really exist in the NBA anymore, but two, you have to be so, so good to even get the reps to try to do that. But in San Antonio, he did have some of those opportunities because they lacked talent and they rotate guys in and out uh, from a health standpoint and everything. So, he has that tendency still a little bit in his game, and I just don't think there's going to be any uh, chances for him to to play that type of basketball on this team. So can he kind of, to your point, mentality-wise, just work that out of his system? Because I think most of the time, uh, depending on who's healthy and whatever, uh, a, a, a son's offensive possession that ends with Kade Bates Diop taking like a you know kind of fall-away jumper middle of the shot clock is a bad outcome it's just the reality of what this team is going to be so we'll we'll see how that goes but he's an interesting one for sure let's go to Devin Booker next I have uh something related to his new offensive role I'm sure Brandon might be in the same camp first today's show brought to you by bird dogs we have the white tech hat I've been telling you about it for a while you didn't think I actually had one maybe but I do I really uh, am, a, am a customer I'm an enjoyer of bird dogs they make you look good Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you that truly sculpted look that the gym can't even give you, maybe. It just does the trick. Maybe it's cheating. Maybe it's not. Whatever. They do exactly the same thing as a Lululemon, but fit way better. I can testify to that. It's stretchier, but it doesn't look that way. That's really the key of what they've been able to crack the coat on. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of that stiff material, they fix that by having this cloud knit fabric that looks, again, just like khaki, but stretches to get a slimmer fit, but also mobile, also just something you can wear around the house that's comfortable, doing errands, even at the gym. They have actual gym shorts, but even their non-gym shorts you really can do as well. And then they have the anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long, which I've told you a million times is, for Arizonans, probably even more important than anything that I've already said. You get the free white tech hat with your purchase right now. That is birddogs.com slash locked on NBA or enter the promo code locked on NBA at checkout. Get that hat along with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. That's their promise. All right, we're keeping it rolling. Talking about Devin Booker. I hinted at mine already, Brandon, but I will give you the floor back what is the improvement or development that you want to see from book here in the upcoming season?
1: Yeah. So it's crazy. The booker, it feels like every season, he just takes it up another level when you think you've seen him at his peak. It just keeps, uh, and it's usually not anything like specific where it's all just going towards. It's more like just the balance across his game just seems to get incrementally better and better every year. So yeah,
0: real quick, actually, I, I didn't ask mm-hmm. you to prep this. So now I'm throwing it at you, but, what do you think his most biggest improvement was last year? Like if you were to just try to sum it up in a nutshell of like, I think last year was his best season, but what would be the thing you're like, he did that that he wasn't doing before that he wasn't as good at before.
1: I think he was a little more patient, honestly, like that. He wasn't forcing as much. Like sometimes we'd see him get sped up, um, whether it was just the game flow or maybe breaths getting in his head or just getting angry. Like I feel like obviously there's still some moments like that's going to happen to, to any superstar, but. Uh, I think he was a little bit more patient with the game come to him. Like not that he he hasn't done that in the past, but I feel like it was more consistent on that end. Yeah, uh, uh, that I,
0: will, uh, I was going to say patience or timing. That was exactly yeah. what was in my head too. I think just the the knowledge of what to do in each moment, and you could just feel the game slowing down for him. So, hundred yep. percent agree.
1: But what yeah. do you have and this? Now, um, and now without Chris Paul, obviously the offense is going to look a lot a lot different. Um, adding Beal and a full season of Durant. It's. Uh, I think the key with him is just off-ball cutting, and I'm not talking about off-ball movement. Like we already know he can play off the ball well and come off screens, but I mean when the defense is like taking it a nap guarding him or like just catches him like ball watching Durant or Beal, Booker's gonna have a lot of opportunities to just make a, a simple back cut. And they've got capable passers across the the team, so I think he can. You can probably get a few easy buckets, uh, especially with being off the ball more, like that's something that I feel like defenses aren't used to guarding when it comes to Booker. It's more of um, him having the ball or like the play being surrounded around him. So it's now that he's going to have a chance to be off the ball. Like they're same with Beal. Like I think those two are going to make, make a living off some of these cuts.
0: I agree completely with, I guess the idea that we shouldn't overlook even though Booker, the story, the narrative around Booker, I'm sure it's going to be all anyone wants to talk about in training camp and preseason and everything is him with the ball in his hands. I think that it would be, like, too simplistic to just think of that being his full role. And I think there's going to be times when all these guys, even if it's just a matter of, like, the hot hand, you know, where they're going to have the ball, Beal or or Duran, and then it's, okay, well... You don't want Book to just be a spacer, so he will have to tap into some of the stuff that he was doing with Rubio or with Chris Paul or whatever uh, as well. The one I got pretty granular, granular with Booker too because, you know, the, he's at that level where it's not like, hey, uh, finish better. It's like, well, he does that. So what I had is passing to the role man because I think Booker is a pretty good passer. He he's always had the skip pass to the corner or whatever that, to beat the rotating defense. That's Part of why he was able to excel with the ball in his hands from a young age because he just can read it and has the strength and you know dexterity to actually like make that. You have to have arm strength and everything to even make that pass. He has that. And then, obviously, the gravity to make the defense freak out in the first place. All those ingredients are there. He's never really been somebody who can make the quick drop pass to the rolling big man. He's not a great – or just we've never seen him be a great lob passer – in a consistent way. And I just think you're talking about Ayton and his involvement and his mentality. You're talking about, you know, even like the fact that the Suns pretty much went the route of having traditional centers up and down this roster. If Booker's going to be a primary initiator for this team, it can't just be that the guy sets a screen and runs to the basket and then stands in the dunker spot after that because he knows he's never getting the ball. Like, part of doing that is going to have to be feeding those guys. And I think that's one element we haven't fully seen from Booker because it's really a point guard skill. But if he's going to be a point guard, I guess it's time that that we see that. Um, I don't know if you have thoughts on that, but otherwise we can go to Beal. Um, to me, yeah, Beal, no. it's just it's it's point of attack defense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Pretty straightforward. I think a lot of Knights... If if Bates Diop or Gordon are out there with the starters, I think that's going to be Beal. Beal is going to have to guard John ja Morant down the stretch of a game. He's going to have to guard Austin Reeves, Steph Curry. I I think. I mean, you can tell me if I'm wrong. That's a pretty much a guess. But I don't know what else it, who else it would really be. And you know, at times early, early in his career, he did that. But. It's been a while, and that's not an easy thing to do, especially as you're on, you know, the wrong side of 30, as we say about guys when they turn 30. Uh, so that's where I'm at with him. I think that's something that's honestly one of the bigger make-or-break things for the Suns period this year is is whether he can fill that role, and if not, who does?
1: Yeah, mine, mine was definitely on the defensive side as well because I feel like with him, we already know what we're going to get offensively. Like, there's, there's not too many holes in his game uh, there other than, him, Booker and Durant all figuring out how to make it work together. That, and like you said earlier, just taking turns offensively, like that's the only thing I could, that's more of a collective thing than it is one, one or two guys. Um, but with Beal, I just put defensive intensity. Uh, I feel like especially coming from Washington where they played pretty fast pace was more of like almost like a rec league type of style there in, in terms of just how they weren't really completely bought in defensively. So I think anytime you're in an environment where everyone cares, you're trying to win, um, even if you don't have the personnel, if you have the effort, I think any team defense can be competent. So I think just using, uh, and I've said this earlier with Bates, Diop and and like whenever they're not as involved offensively, just using that energy on the other end, like that's another thing, Beale, that applies to Beal as well. So I think uh, the workload's going to be a little bit less than he's probably used to. So if he can just take that and and pour it into the defensive side, like I, I think he's going to surprise some people on that end, but it takes, uh, takes a commitment. You got to be bought in completely. And like, like you said, it's the regular season like there's gonna be games and in, in mid-january where maybe they're playing the magic or something and it's it's tough for them to to make every like rotation perfect or whatever um but i think come playoff time like they that that's really going to be the, the main focus is getting be to take those tough assignments and and fight
0: so as you know listeners can probably tell uh considering my thing on beal and bates diop were similar um I'm, yeah. And I said it outright, like I'm getting a little nervous about the defense and that was the eight and point two. But I guess the alternative to some of the stuff I'm talking about of like, can Bates Diop pulled up on some of these bigger wings can, can Beal, uh, you know, chase Steph Curry around through screens and whatnot. I, I guess the other alternative would just be, can, are they going to be good enough at switching? Where they're just gonna switch one through four all the time, and basically, I may, maybe even one through five. I don't know what their plans are for Aiton. That's in some matchups, sure. I mean, Vogel did that with with Davis. So if if Aiton can handle it, then maybe we even see that. But do you? What do you think their kind of plan A or like base defense will be? Do you think it'll be like incredibly heavy switching, or do you think they'll play a more traditional thing where guys like Beal and Bates Diop will need to kind of guard their man more often
1: yeah I think there's gonna be a lot of switching honestly and uh one one like comparison I can make sort of obviously the personnel are not identical or anything but just in terms of the philosophy that I could see Vogel kind of leaning towards is like just looking at the Mavericks with uh what, what Jason Kidd did against the same Suns team or they just kind of uh packed it in they, they played honest team defense and said all right like if you want to beat us from from the perimeter like go ahead like I think that's where the Suns if they can just Uh, protect the paint and and make the right rotations and just force, you know, the the other team to take tough shots. Like that's kind of going to be their, the identity I could see them going towards and, and maybe some funneling to eight and two, like you mentioned earlier, like there will be dribble penetration because they don't have a ton of stoppers. But I think if, uh, just a lot of rotating, a lot of switching, uh, staying honest and just trying to make, make the team beat you with tough shots instead of giving them any easy looks or getting out of sorts.
0: Yeah. I'm just excited to see it. I think that I think mm-hmm. obviously the offensive firepower is going to be cool. I'm sure there're going to be some nights where it's just like unreal to watch, but seeing yeah. how they evolve as a defensive unit is going to be to me the story of the season, I think. And that type of defense that you're talking about where it's, you know, it's kind of how the Raptors play. It's it's I mean, I know you were big on Nick Nurse, so maybe that's why you're uh, you're you're talking in that direction you know, switching a bunch and then over-rotating on top of that. I mean, it's kind of how the Warriors play defense. Like, that's, that's the peak of how you defend in the modern NBA, but usually teams that do that have a little bit better personnel uh, I think you would say than, than these, these sons have. So, uh, but it's a good way to take it. They they have length, right? Like that's one thing you mm-hmm. would say every player on this team has a plus wingspan, at least it's it easier think are to, play. to
1: close out on shooters. If you are giving them that extra space that they'll probably need to. So they're not getting beat off the dribble every time. So I think exactly. that size and length will help them uh, from a personnel standpoint. But they, like you said, like, like everyone said, like they just don't have that point of attack, like go-to guy other than Kogi and possibly good one. Yeah.
0: All right, let's jump to uh, Akogi next as well as Eric Gordon and of course Kevin Durant who we did definitely did not forget, but he's an- he's a unique one, so we saved him for the end. We'll do that after another break. Closing out the show, let's talk Let's do, let's do Durant. We can't leave Durant for like minute 29. He's uh potentially the best player on this team. I just had a hard time because at this, you know, at this point in his career, you're talking about less so what is he going to add to his game and which version of himself is he going to tap into on any given night or any given week or any given season and you know there was times with the thunder where he was just you know the best scorer we've maybe ever seen there's been times you know even last year with the nets where his his defense was really high level especially as a helper and a rim protector he's had better rebounding seasons he's had get times um you know where he just leveraged his shooting which was all he really had to do a lot for the warriors but the version of him, I guess, if we're putting it that way, that I would would be most intrigued to see. The defense is going to be big, but considering that was just last year, I expect it to continue. Is the passing? And there were times for Golden State when, especially when Steph had injuries, or you know, back when like I guess you know, Sean Livingston would miss games, Eguadala would miss games, where Durant was really their primary initiator, I guess you would say, you know, at times if Draymond wasn't out there, whatever, where he was really like their point guard. And I expect him to be one of the only starters on the court at times in this rotation. I think there's going to be nights where, you know, he, he feels more like the point guard of this team and we know he can pass. We know he can read the game and just make the right play. Like it's nothing to him. He can do that, but it's been a while and so I guess that's the skill that I'm intrigued to see how much he has to tap back into it, what that looks like, who does he develop the kind of chemistry with and just what lineups do they put around him and all the rest of that. So that's the one I settled on for KD. What about you?
1: Yeah, so I'm glad you went that direction cuz I was thinking about I was kind of torn between that and then the the defense. So I'll I'll touch on the defense, but before I do that, I think just um lot of suns fans kind of have a weird sample size of their viewing of kd because of like some of that ball pressure and those turnovers were very uncharacteristic Mm so i could see why people would say like adjusting to 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 ball pressure and physicality and um his handle was a little bit off in the playoffs and i feel like some of that was coming back from injury some of that was just like weird rotations like trying to get familiar with the i think some of it might also
0: just be He's older now. Like, you know, if he has one weakness, if he went from having zero weaknesses to one weakness, I'm still good with it, you know?
1: Yeah. And he's still seven feet. So he can shoot over that stuff most of the time. So it's like, yes, he'll eventually, he'll occasionally get the ball stripped from defenders that are lower to the ground and just because of, you know, the nature of the attention he'll receive. But, but yeah, I think defensively, just getting him to buy in as like a weak side rim protector, like, just really embracing the defensive side. Cause I think that's one of the most underrated parts of his game, like by far is when he turns it up a notch, like he and takes defense personal, like he he can really make a huge difference. So I think that's if the Suns want to hit their peak defensively, like obviously Aiton's going to be a huge part of that. But I think Durant uh, is kind of like that, that sneaky piece that could really uh, take this team another notch on that end. So I think if, if they can get him, uh completely bought in Durant, healthy, uh, you know, coming from the weak side and, and him and Aiden at the rim, just two seven footers swatting shots. Like that's, that's where they're going to really create that identity, I think.
0: Yeah. I like that. I I mean, you talked about the small sample size. We maybe didn't see the best uh, dribbling and creating highlight reel that Durant has ever put together in a postseason run, but we did see plenty of impressive defensive plays even in the couple of playoff series basically was all we got you know the the times when Durant or Jock were able or Aiton or Jock were able to keep Jokic upright and not allow him to score in the post and give Durant time to rotate and double there were plenty of moments where he either you know got a hand on the shot got a good contest up or even just Grabbed a rebound off the miss, and you know there was a lot of that going around. A lot of it uh, to make fun of Aiton's lack of effort, but set that aside. What we saw was Durant making the effort, so that's good. Um, yeah, I think I think both both of those things are going to be huge. The rest, I mean, it's the dude's like a pretty much perfect basketball player. The fact that we're just setting aside everything related to shooting and scoring and rebounding and all that. And just being like these little micro things. Like, I think that speaks to how, how great he's going to be. Um, but let's talk about a Kogi. Um, what do you got for him?
1: So this one's just, uh, I know obviously everyone's going to talk about the shooting, but I think this comes with, it is just the, the offensive confidence. Like, cause even if the shots not falling, he could still make an impact by just getting to the rim, um, trying to dunk on people, you know, finishing and, keeping that intensity. Like I think whenever he's confident offensively, like we've seen what he can do. And even if the shots are not falling, like I still think he can carve out a huge role in this team. Um Obviously he's going to need to knock some wide open shots down, but I think if he can just remain confident that the consistency will follow with that. So I think uh with him, it's just a matter of reps. He's still really young. Like he's, I think if he can get comfortable in, in this rotation, like there's still a very good chance he has a breakout season. Like I, he's not even in his prime yet. Um It's, It's so easy to to forget some of these highlights that these guys had from last season. So uh, I'm still definitely on board the Okogi train. Uh, It slowed down a little bit towards the end of the season, but I think uh, it'll pick back up.
0: Yeah, the dude has all the confidence in the world. Um, So I think that's a good reason to keep him around if you're James Jones. It's a good reason if you're a fan to continue to feel optimistic. You know, I've said a bunch of times, and we were texting a little bit about this beforehand, that I, I, to me, it's it's a Kogi versus Goodwin in training camp for a spot in the rotation. And so they're, you know, it, it's not... Well, I guess he started last year without a rotation spot too. So he, he, you know, I guess maybe he's used to this, but it's no sure thing for him this year. But that said, I think mine is moving without the ball on offense, um, continuing to use him as a screener. Some of this is on Monty, frankly. I, I just think it was stuff that they... Maybe in, you know, the beginning of the year when they're drawing up whatever their kind of structure is going to be offensively, they just didn't even think of a because he wasn't part of their plans. But, you know, to me, that's a very obvious way to try to use him. Bruce Brown was used this way. Gary Payton is used this way. These guys who their defense makes them really valuable to have on the court, but they can't shoot and they have enough ball skills where you're comfortable with them having the ball. Okay, what do you do? You use them as short roll guys. You use them as cutters. You you know let them loose in transition. You just try to find little ways that they can steal points and affect what the defense is thinking about, even if they're not going to be a knockdown shooter. So yeah, agreed. I Shooting is the obvious one. I think you and I were both on the same page that that's kind of boring to repeat over and over. So I think those are two things he can uh, improve on is just yeah you know what what am i here out here for how do i get confident with with that and then i think on the coaching staff side it's like empowering him to put him into position to do some of what i'm talking about so uh yeah, we're on 100%. the same page there all right gordon no go ahead
1: no i was just gonna say confidence without involvement is gonna be the key for a lot of guys on this team with pretty much anyone outside yeah. of the big three like if they just got to find a way to to get themselves involved somehow whether and then without the ball like that's that's the main thing and I think that can carry over to whenever they do get their chances to to have those moments offensively
0: yeah it's a great way to put it I it's it's easier said than done it's like one of those things where it's like I can sit here and say it but it's like the hell do I know that's a really hard thing to ask of anybody who's been an amazing basketball player their whole life to be like hey you're gonna play 12 minutes you're maybe gonna take four shots don't complain (laughs) like that's and play hard as hell. Like, that's wild. But, you know, we've seen it. It makes these guys money. Like, at the end of the day, exactly, if nothing yeah. else, they get their payday, then, you know, and they get their bigger... Bruce Brown's not going to have to do grunt work anymore in Indiana. He's going to be, like, the secondary ball handler next to Tyrese Halliburton, running up and down the floor 100 times a game. So, like, worked out for him. Do that, you know? But yep, get the we'll ring see. and then um, the bag.
1: That's, that's, that's the selling point right there.
0: Sounds pretty nice, yeah. Uh, all right, Gordon, I just had... Um, I just can he guard smaller guys? You know, like when he switches, obviously that's always been one of his strengths stating that's part of why the Houston system works so well as him and Harden and Tucker guys that were bigger than them. They were so strong and had length that they were able to get, you know, Durant, uh, for instance, like they were able to make life at least a little tough on those guys. But, you know, it goes the other way, too. If If Gordon's primary matchup in a given lineup is, let's say, like, Clay Thompson, well, what happens if he does have to guard Steph Curry off of a switch? Or if he's guarding Desmond Bain? Well, that's probably pretty hard in and of itself. But then what happens if he has to guard John Moran? On and on and on. So that's my question there. We just haven't had to see it because he's been on an awful team for so long. And against the Clippers, I honestly think Book was cooking him. So that that, like recent history of it would indicate it might be a little bit of a struggle for him. I don't think it's like, he's not going to play unless he can do that, but it would go a long way if he could at least hold up, move his feet, be spry enough, even in his mid thirties to do that.
1: Yeah. And to be fair, book was cooking. It didn't really matter who was yeah. in his way this, this postseason, like for, that's, for that's the most fair. part, like he was just kind of, book was cooking quiet
0: times, right? Like, yeah. like, come on.
1: Yep. Um, yeah, I think it's, like you mentioned earlier with, with guys like Gordon Durant, it's it's tough to like find at this stage of their career, too many things. It's they kind of are who they are, but I think team context, uh, Gordon's playmaking will be huge just because you go to the fact they don't really have a ton of, I mean, they have Saban Lee. Is their one like true point guard. So uh, it's, it's going to be a little bit of a different role. Like obviously he's played with Harden and like uh, Chris Paul and, and all that. And like, he, yeah. there's going to be some staggered lineups where he's going to be playing with one of Booker Beal but for those times he's not, and it's he's kind of has the keys of the offense in that second unit without a ton of creation. Like that's that's a point where I think he's gonna have to 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 make some passes, make some reads, and there's gonna be a little more pressure on him. Um, but but I think Vogel's most likely, especially in a healthy rotation, like they're gonna stagger one of either Durant uh with the second unit or maybe eight and Uh just there's there's gonna be another outlet out there for him at some point. So um he's yeah. gonna need to make some plays and, and I think playmaking's the one thing that he could see an uptick in.
0: So I'm sure people maybe have noticed, or maybe this isn't too different from how, well, I guess I'm just thinking of last summer when I was spending a lot of time around this time of year talking about off court BS between Sarver and Durant and everything. Um, so I feel like we've been like very heavy nerdy basketball this time of year compared to that, uh, which I prefer. I think there's going to be no shortage of narrative talk and, you know, uh, off court shenanigans on you know nba today on espn or whatever you want to watch or listen to because this team's going to have so many eyeballs on it so i think that's part of it too but Mm -hmm. to get to my point with gordon i did think about he feels like the number one candidate to become kind of the feels like a lot of great teams have and it's almost always a veteran obviously the guy who's like not the star but becomes a leader like iguodala was that I think, you know, I think P.J. Tucker was a little bit that for those Houston teams with the way that Harden and Chris didn't always get along and can go through. Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of examples of of similar stuff. And I think Gordon, especially with the experience with Aiton over the summer, that he feels like the guy where he might only play 20 minutes a night, but he might be the guy that like a Kogi goes to to be like. What the hell? Why didn't I get the ball X, XYZ time? You know what I mean? And I I could see him gravitating and being comfortable in that role too because of what he was just doing with Houston. Like he's been around kids for like three years, you know? So it might feel yeah. natural to him to kind of be that. So it's a little touchy-feely and like I'm it's just kind of a guess. But if it's gonna be anybody, it's gonna be him.
1: No, that that's a really good point. I think that's important too for a team that just lost Chris Paul and went a little bit younger. So adding a veteran that has been there and done that. Uh, just finished a little uh, babysitting assignment in Houston, so I think he'll be happy to come to a team that's a little more competent and uh, mature, but also still has some guys he can coach up for sure. That'll uh, he can be, where he can be that that new veteran voice because sometimes the same veteran voice will get drowned out after X amount of time. So yeah. um, I think that's why his addition, not only off the court but on the court, is just is massive and and really just kind of a lot of people poked fun at it, but he really, uh, to me, he was like the missing piece of this offseason in terms of exactly what they needed.
0: Yeah. And maybe they'll resign JaVale. Maybe he'll become the the veteran later. Um, don't, I don't <laughs> think so though. So it'll, it'll he's probably over, have to he's be with Gordon.
1: the, uh, the Kings now the Kings. Oh, you're me.
0: right. He did get picked up. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. The, the Mike Brown reunion. Cause they need another center. They have like six, they needed seven.
1: I oddly um, kind of like that fiddle, but just with how fast they play, like it's not going to matter. They don't play defense. Just, throw lobs up to him
0: that was that's when he's at his best like block a shot into the fifth row and then run the floor and get a lob and then you know play your eight minutes and that's about it you're like a plus one in the plus minus and hit the bench um but yeah no i think i think gordon feels right for that role i mean they don't need they don't need that like you know ideally everybody's kind of solid enough and booker i Mm -hmm. think will be that and, you know, we'll see what Vogel's voice is like, but, um, that, that jumped out to me for sure. But all right, that'll wrap us up one. Well, really one from each of us. So two improvements or developments from seven different players for the 23, 24 Suns season. I think no episode Wednesday, be back with Aaron Edwards Friday. And then next week we're back to daily starting our 13 questions that will define the Phoenix Suns season series to preview everything before training camp. So hit follow, hit subscribe, get those shows in your feed, get the preseason training camp shows in your feed, and then, of course, the season is upon us. I will catch you guys on Friday.